this is Grant Winneravage, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Egg Services in Warren, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Egg Services, providing solutions for your success. Good afternoon, Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan, along with Whitney Pittman. We'll also hear a report from Sierra Doctor as well. Northern Argentina received significant rains yesterday into this morning. World Weather Incorporated says rainfall from three-tenths up to an inch and a half occurred most often with a few locations reporting as much as four and a half inches. The rest of Argentina, though, expected to remain dry through the middle of next week with the next best chance for rain late next week into the following weekend. Brazil is expected to see a good mix of rain and sunshine over the next couple of weeks. The grain trade will go into another holiday weekend after the close of business today. Comstock Investments market analyst Joe Camp thinks weekend positioning ahead of Monday's Martin Luther King Jr. holiday is part of the grain trade mix today. Another one here, uh, three in a row where we're going to have the Monday off to observe the holiday. And, you know, it's uh, been a while now that we've had a full week with uh, full activity, and we can see that in, in the action. That is part of the sluggish pace, you could call it. We're still not maybe at full force. Camp says there is some cautiousness over wide-ranging opinions on where this market is heading. There are definitely split opinions out there about where the commodities are headed, so it is different than a year ago when it felt like everybody was bullish, bullish, bullish. At this point, you know, there there are uh, trades coming in from both sides of the market for sure. So it's creating some bit of a choppy action, and that's usually sometimes what we can associate when we have these holiday breaks is that we'll come back, and it'll take still a little while to develop, uh, you know, what should be maybe a, a, a fuller trend in these markets. For now, it's uh, somewhat sideways heading into this weekend. Agrisampo North America market analyst Sterling Smith has concerns about this winter's market structure. I'm noticing November soybeans actually down three, not getting a lot of traction. Seems to be a lot of very fierce resistance around $14 on those November beans. And the $6 level in particular on December corn is also beginning to display uh, some resistance areas. So we need to be thinking about this because I don't think we're going to see the same sort of behavior this year that we saw last year. Smith says Brazil has a very different crop outlook this year than last year. Last year we had, you know, troubles in Brazil. Brazil's production was noticeably lower, and coming into January, we knew this, and there wasn't a lot that was really going to change that. This year, Brazil's production is going to be solid, and there's not going to be much we're going to do to change that, and if conditions continue, their corn production is going to be good uh, as they start planting that, which is basically right about now. Uh, Argentina is going to be a problem, and that's going to offset some of it, but the idea that we may see La Nina ease a little bit, that could mean better weather here in the U.S. And that, uh, you know, is a pretty good cause for nervousness. U.S. Class 1 railroads originated 18,000 grain carloads during the week ending December 24th. That is 20% less than the previous week, 5% less than last year, and 13% below the five-year average. Secondary railcar bids and offers were 1,200 above tariff, $31 less than the previous week, and 641 less than last year. Barged grain movement totaled 402,000 tons, 36% less than the previous week and last year, 
The cost to ship grain from the U.S. Gulf Coast to Japan was $56 per metric ton, 2% less than the previous week. The cost to ship from the Pacific Northwest to Japan was $31.50 per metric ton, also 2% less than the previous week. The feeder calf run continues across the Midwest after the short holiday break. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more. Auction barns for the second week of January filled up with feeder calves. Bagley Livestock Auction Manager Billy Bouchelle says this week showed a big push from feedlots and buyers. There's uh, the early part of January, there's always a good run, a good volume of feeder calves move right now in January in our region. Uh, you know, and market's very aggressive coming out of the holiday season. Uh, a lot of guys looking to replace, uh, you know, fill some yards and stuff. Uh, a lot of optimism in the future, especially for uh, fed cattle prices down the line. So, uh, so yeah, there's a lot of aggressiveness on the on the feedlots and the backgrounders and stuff to buy some calves right now. Prices range mostly from two dollars to two dollars forty on lighter calves. Well, on the light calves, you know, they can get all the way over $2 into the 220s, 30s on those four-weight calves, and even into the five-weight calves destined for grass calves in the spring. But uh, on the heavier calves, the 600-pounders, we have a lot of roughage-fed, hay-fed calves up in our region up here. So there are a lot of good framey calves, uh, not overfleshed. And those ones will even bring over $2 in the six-weight class. As you creep up the ladder of the 700 pounders, the majority of them were in the $1.75 to $1.85 range. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. CHS and Cargill are planning to expand the scope of their Temco export capabilities. A Cargill-owned export grain terminal in Houston will be added to this joint venture. Temco currently operates three facilities in the Pacific Northwest, Portland and Kalama, Tacoma, and Washington. The Houston facility handles up to 250 million bushels per year. The Red River Land Company is reporting 10 American Crystal Sugar Company sugar beet stocks sold this past week at $4,650 per share. Go to rfn.com. You can sign up for our weekly Red River Farm Network e-newsletter. FarmNet News will hit your email box every Monday. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter, find stories, podcasts, and more. Again, it's all at rrfn.com. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. South Dakota Pork Producers Council wrapped up their annual Pork Congress in Sioux Falls yesterday. South Dakota Pork Producers past president Shane Odegaard says a round of delegates for the Pork Forum were elected. There we also elected delegates for the, for the 2023 Pork Forum to represent South Dakota at the national meeting. And, and then also we uh, had the opportunity to hear from Chase Adams, who's the Director of Congressional Relations in Washington, D.C., at our Washington, D.C. office. And he gave us an update on the, the political atmosphere out in Washington, D.C., and, and kind of what the, what he sees coming for, for the, 
next few months here regarding the farm bill talks and other legislation out in D.C. A new slate of officers was put into place. Adam Krause of Clear Lake, South Dakota, has been elected president. Odegaard says priorities were put into place and the new legislative session were the main topics tackled. We had a few discussions regarding uh, you know, what we maybe foresee as some legislation coming forward on, on the state level. Uh, of course, the legislature in South Dakota just got started here this week. And so things are not a lot happening out there right at the moment. Um, um, there was there's a bill out there that was brought by the governor's office regarding the ownership of foreign ag land. South Dakota pork producers hasn't taken a direct position on that yet because there's there's some questions that we need answered regarding how the bill is written. The application deadline for the 2023 specialty crop grant applications are is Wednesday. North Dakota has not yet received an allocation amount from USDA, but it is expected to receive a number in the coming months. Specialty crops grown commercially in North Dakota, including dry beans, dry peas, lentils, potatoes, confection sunflowers, and more. An information manual with application instructions can be found on North Dakota Department of Agriculture's website. The American Farm Bureau Federation's annual meeting concluded earlier this week. Minnesota Farm Bureau President Dan Glessing says a few past resolutions were a focus uh, on the a few past resolutions were a focus for the upcoming farm bill. We had some resolutions come through in regards to farm bill, and that was basically expanding it to specialty crops. How do we include those folks? Secretary Vilsack had announced some programs that included specialty crops uh, that were excluded from crop insurance per se. So how do we, going forward in the new farm bill, how do we include those folks uh, maintaining crop insurance and not linking those premiums to anything, uh, you know, as far as conservation measures? Support to protect those entering conservation programs was among the resolutions passed. By expanding some flexibility with conservation programs, how do we make sure that people who are trying conservation measures are having success? And if they, if they end up not having success and, and go breach of contract, how do we make sure that, that basically how are those programs implemented so that we can change course if we need to so that the ultimate goal is met of, of conservation on the landscape. The 2022 U.S. potato crop was at its smallest level since 2010. Annual production totaled just over 392 million hundredweight. That's down 4.6% from 2021. Minnesota and North Dakota are two of the four states increasing acreage this past year. USDA's weekly export sales report shows total 2022 beef exports of 942,000 metric tons. That's up 2% year over year. Top destinations were South Korea, Japan, China, Mexico, and Taiwan. 2022 pork exports totaled 1.5 million metric tons. That's down 16% from 2021. Top destinations for pork shipments went to Mexico, Japan, South Korea, China, and Canada. USDA's weekly export sales report for the week ending January 5th showed net beef exports at 13,000 metric tons. That's 137% more than the previous week and 31% above the four-week average. 
Net pork sales at 13,000 metric tons are 40% less than the previous week and 68% below the four-week average. A coalition of 50 agriculture, rural and consumer groups has sent a joint letter to key lawmakers seeking support for mandatory country of origin labeling for beef. The letter references a recent poll of American voters that found 86% of respondents support this labeling law. The groups signing the letter range from National Farmers Union and RCAF to the United Food and Commercial Workers Union. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Jeff Beach joining us here with Ag Week. What's on the cover of Ag Week this week? We're, uh, we're taking a look at a, at a uh, kind of a grassroots uh, oats marketing group that has uh, sprouted down in southeast Minnesota in the Rochester area. Some, some farmers that, that we're getting together to talk about conservation practices and and uh, uh, started with kind of oats as a cover crop but now they're they far they have formed a uh, a an oats marketing group um, and uh, kind of pooling their resources kind of like a, a baby co-op uh, to uh, to work on improving the uh, you know the, the quality of their oats to make food grade grade oats and and uh, marketing those oats to uh, processors in, in the region down there. And what prompted the idea for this new co-op and, and new business venture? Um, you know, uh, just just that, you know, they were kind of looking for a, a third crop in their corn-soybean rotation, um, and there is there is oats processing in, in that part of the, of the Midwest, but most of the oats that they process come from Canada, so they're, uh, they're kind of Trying to fill the the need for some local oats down there, and and oats is a is a crop that is making a little bit of a comeback acreage wise. It's still pretty small compared to corn and soybeans, and even and even other small grains. But uh, it is making a, a little bit of a comeback in the Midwest. Jeff Beach joining us with the cover of Ag Week this week here on the Red River Farm Network. Thanks, Whitney. Uh, March wheat Minneapolis right now trading unchanged, 9.12 and a quarter. July is three quarters of a penny higher at 9.02. Chicago March wheat's a penny and three quarter higher at 7.44 and a half. And Kansas City March wheat's up eight and a quarter at 8.43 and a quarter. March corn, three and a quarter higher, 6.74 and a quarter. December corn's up a penny, 5.97. March soybeans, eight and a half higher, 15.27. July soybeans, five and a half higher at 15.24. March canola, down 320 a metric ton, 839.20 Canadian. February live cattle now 40 cents higher, 157.95. April's up 7 cents. January feeder cattle down 82 cents at 181.30. March down $1.52. February lean hogs down 27 cents. Thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend. This is the Red River Farm Network.